It's time for Mile High Magazine. Good to see you all here again on a Sunday. I am Murphy Houston. And I don't know if you know this or not, but March is National Brain Injury Awareness Month. And we're honored and pleased to have Dr. Eric Spear, the Brain Injury Program Medical Director, CNS Physicians at Craig Hospital. Dr. Spear, thanks for coming on today. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me. Well, Craig Hospital's been here for a long time, but there's so many people moving into the area may not know about Craig Hospital, and you can talk about that and what your role is there. So Craig Hospital is a world-renowned hospital that serves people who've had major trauma and are recovering from brain injury and spinal cord injury. And really, the way I would describe it is We're helping them find a way forward and build a new life, whether they're able to recover significantly or not. um, We're we're rebuilding lives with them. Which is a big challenge. I know I've had a few friends go through there. So what is your role there then, doctor? So I direct the brain injury program here. We have about 45 beds that are consistently filled with patients on the third floor that are recovering, and I help with programming and work with the other CNS physicians and developing uh, the work that we do here. I also uh, consult at the biggest level one trauma center in Colorado and surrounding area at St. Anthony's Hospital, and I go over there and I work with trauma surgeons and neurosurgeons and sit down with families and help them figure out what's next. Wow. A lot of challenges there, huh, Doc? It keeps me busy. Oh, my gosh. You're a strong man for sure. So let's get to the nitty-gritty of a brain injury. What What is a brain injury? So there's lots of different ways that that can happen. One of the ones that you hear most of in the news is traumatic head injuries. And these are these are patients that hit their head so hard that they... Uh, injure the brain matter. Um, One of the more common types of injury for high-velocity injuries like snowboarders or skiers or motor vehicle accidents is called a traumatic axonal injury. And that's where the white matter in the brain starts to tear across itself and it causes people to go unconscious and have long recoveries. And then shorter injuries or penetrating injuries can cause localized injuries to different parts of the brain. So once you've seen one brain injury, you've seen one brain injury. Wow. Another um, injury that we see a lot are strokes. And strokes can happen because of trauma or tearing of arteries, but they can also happen um, from sickness, from clots that form in our hearts, from heart disease, from disease related to coagulopathy but one of the things that we see more frequently now is is strokes related to covid really talk more about that i haven't heard that in all these years of covid yeah i mean it's it's a disease that affects every organ but one of the things that we'll frequently see is both strokes that cause bleeds in the brain because of an inflammatory process associated with a sort of cytokine storm is what it's called, where you have this inflammatory process that attacks the vessels in the brain because of the COVID virus. And then you'll have some people who will form clots and they'll begin to lose the ability to keep their blood thin enough and, and safe enough to run through the brain. And these clots will plug off portions of the brain and, and kill brain matter. Wow. Do the vaccines that we're currently urged to take, does that help against getting that kind of a situation? Absolutely. So another reason why to get the vaccines. Correct. 
Well, uh, is that calming down now? Everybody's, oh, COVID's going away. It's calming down, which I don't believe either one of those uh, may be calming down, but I don't think it's going away. Do you think that? I think that it is decreasing. We're not seeing quite as many patients with COVID, but we're still seeing it. I mean, they, they talk about it going from pandemic to endemic. So things like, you know, the flu or something that people die of every year and it will never go away. And we're probably there with COVID now in the future, but we're, we're not seeing the levels of COVID that we were once seeing a year ago. Oh, that's, that's for sure. Or even a few months ago. That's for sure. Does everybody have a possible brain situation with COVID or is that just based on your system? I think just like any other illness, if you're um, at risk for having a stroke, then you're more at risk for having a COVID-related stroke. I've had patients where once we've worked them up, we've identified things that put them at higher risk, but it was COVID that pushed them over the line. The thing that's scariest for me as a physician and just as a person in general is Going through the ICUs at the height of the pandemic was seeing, you know, people in their 20s having strokes that you wouldn't typically see in people until they were three or four decades older. And can they recover from that? Um, Some of these strokes, people are not going to return to their previous baseline, no. Wow. And and in their 20s, how shocking is that? That... (laughs) It's awful. Yeah, I'm just sitting here shaking my head thinking about it. So what is specific to Colorado as far as brain injuries? What do you see the most here? Well, Colorado is interesting because it's a place that people come from all over the world to recreate. So what ends up happening is people get on vacation and they take bigger chances and they go into the mountains and they get injured. Um, So we'll see a lot more trauma um, that we care for in this setting, but to be fair, you know, because of um, because of the reputation that we have here, we also see um, uh, patients from all over the all over the country and all over the world. So patients will be flown in from, you know, Texas and Michigan and Colorado, and, but also Alaska and Hawaii. Wow. Um, and so while we do see more injuries here, we end up taking care of trauma patients from all over. I don't know how you keep up with that. It's Dr. Eric Spear, Brain Injury Program Medical Director over at Craig Hospital. And March is National Brain Injury Awareness Month. And speaking of awareness, what's important in the treatment of brain injury? What do we need to be aware of? Working as a team, caring for each other, and remembering that brain injuries don't just affect one person. They affect everybody that they love. And so it's important to approach this as a family and as a team and really understand that finding that way forward isn't predicting the future. It's doing the daily work we got to do to to get better. Yeah, like one step at a time theory, right? Correct. So where does it begin? Somebody comes to Craig Hospital with an injury. What do they start in and what do they finish with? Yeah, that's a good question. So when someone comes in, we like to let everyone know that they're working with a team. We try to keep some consistency so you have the same doctor and same therapist and nursing staff that's working with you. And we really like to make sure that families feel like they're a part of the rehab process. We kind of show them the floor. Within the first couple of weeks, we get to know them. We figure out what the plan is. We get 
a little bit more information about the type of injury and every little thing that we can do from medications to treatments to set them up for success medically. And then we sit down and we have a conversation as a family, the therapist, the family, the team members, the patient, and we just talk about the work that needs to get done and how we're going to do it and make sure everybody's on the same page, just like a coach and a team. And then we do that periodically to make sure we're all moving in the same direction and then figure out whether we can get someone home or not, whether they need to get additional treatment after they leave and and what's going to need to happen to get them as independent as possible, whether that's just being safe at home and having some quality of life with 24-hour supervision, or whether it involves a strategy for getting back to work and driving again. Wow, that's a lot of different challenges. And probably the biggest part of that is not only getting the patient ready, but getting the family, as you kind of mentioned, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, every time someone comes in, they become a part of us. You know, they sort of shape the kind of work that we do. And I think that I'm I'm blessed to be able to work in an environment like this because I have so many more tools than I had before I came here. And that allows me to make sure that I can work from a place of logic and not have to just do what a hospital tells me or or what a medical insurance tells me to do. I can really um, take advantage of a lot more resources to make sure that people get the best care. Well, that must make you feel good. A lot of accomplishment there. We're, we're lucky. Yeah. Very lucky. No, we're lucky to have you here in Denver, I think. Yeah. I mean, you're right down the street, for goodness sakes. So how can the risk of a brain injury be reduced? I know when you ride a bike, you should have a helmet on, but what is there other things we should be aware of? Yeah, I, you know, I think you need to think about your overall health in general. I mean, you know, just to, to reference a little bit back about the COVID, you think about how much COVID increased the stress in our lives and changed things. And since it was here, we saw more trauma. We saw more traumatic injuries. We saw more violent crime. Um, and that comes with stress. And I think with anything... A brain injury, no matter how it's caused, builds the amount of stress in your life. And everything that you can do to reduce it, take care of yourself, eat right, sleep right, really think about the amount of alcohol intake that you have, every little thing that you can do to live as mindfully in the present as you can is going to protect your your future and your brain health. Don't take unnecessary chances. I mean, I, I myself do... A lot of the things that my patients do, from rock climbing to mountain biking and working here, really makes me cherish the moments that I have to do those things and also take every opportunity I have to use the safest helmet and sleep well and eat well and make sure that I'm as safe as I can doing the things that I love. Well, there's an inspiring speech right there, Doc. Thank you for that, because people need to think about that. You know, one of the things I do, and and I'm sure you'll agree with this, is I like to get the blood circulating, because I'm told if the blood circulates through your brain, it'll help slow down things maybe like dementia or possibly Alzheimer's. So typically five, six days a week, I'm up on the old elliptical doing about five miles. And, and is that's good, though, isn't it? <laughs> That's that's absolutely right. And people think that that if exercise is going to help them, that they have to get out and do tons of exercise. But that's not true. Just using a standing desk, taking walking breaks, really 
taking the time to get your move your blood moving even a little bit makes a huge difference and and sleep too sleep is incredibly important we live in a world where we don't have a lot of respect for sleep and that that will also decrease your risk of of alzheimer's and dementia and 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 help your recovery from any injury that you do have sleep i never heard that before why is that yeah. so important well, there's, there's this thing called the glymphatic system. Your brain doesn't have lymphatics, and it doesn't have a way to get all the metabolites out of it. I mean, think about it. Your brain is 2% of your body weight, but it's 20% of your metabolic demand. And when it's injured, it's even higher than that. So if you're not sleeping, you're not getting all that, you know, um, lactic acid and, and metabolites that your brain is constantly producing even more than anything else in your body because it's working harder. Those things get caught up in there and they form little plaques and, and tau proteins and the things that we know cause Alzheimer's disease and, and dementia. And so being able to sleep makes sure that there are times at night where that stuff is able to get out of your brain and into your body so your body stays healthy. And over years, if you don't have good quality, good architecture sleep, then it's deadly. And it doesn't just cause dementia and Alzheimer's too. It can increase your risk for, for high blood pressure and hyperlipidemia and thyroid disease and everything else. Just wow. getting a good night's sleep is as important as getting a tiny bit of exercise. So what is your definition of a good night's sleep? Well, first of all, you want to um, sleep typically about eight hours a night. And you wanna, if you wake up and you feel like you haven't slept enough or you're dragging yourself up and you're having to drink a bunch of coffee just to get going, then you're probably not going to bed early enough or you're probably not sleeping long enough and you need to really rethink your sleep strategy. Some people actually will have um, uh, sleep disorders that can contribute to that. So not just blowing that off, but following up with your doctor and making sure that you don't need more treatment for your sleep. As we age, we're more likely to get um, sleep apnea or, you know, and there are different types of sleep apnea. And living in the mountains, especially over, um, especially in some of the ski resorts and the high mountain um, uh, towns that we have in Colorado, that risk of, of uh, central sleep apnea goes up and it's important to stay on top of your sleep quality. Point well done. I'll tell you what my situation is, Doc, now that we're on this topic. My problem is if I wake up at like 4 o'clock in the morning, my brain just charges, and then I can't go back to sleep. I mean, I just starts thinking. Yeah. That's a bad thing, huh? Well, it's, uh, we have, a, we have a, a term for it. It's called WASO, wake after sleep onset. Um, and, and it's something worth talking about. I mean, you, you, some people need less sleep. Yeah. And some people, um, you know, as we age, our sleep, our sleep also shifts. So if you find that you're waking up earlier and earlier, then you may need to go to bed earlier and earlier to make sure that you're getting enough on the front end. It's normal, you know, it's a, it's a shame that we wake up teenagers to go to, to, to school so early because they're, they're phase shifted late. They're supposed to go to bed late and wake up late. That's the way their bodies work, and we punish them for it. Wow. And by the same token, as we age, we start to shift the other direction. Good point there. I've learned something here, Doc. I suppose that's a good thing. I uh, hope so. <laughs> yeah, it is. Dr. Eric Spear, who's the Brain Injury Program Medical Director over at Craig Hospital, thanks for your time uh, during this month of March, uh, National Brain Injury Awareness Month, and really keep up the great work you're doing over there. Thank you. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you for coming on to Mile High Magazine. And thank you guys for listening. Don't go away. We've got more coming up.